forever. Dog. Just between us. Hey. Just between us. Hey. Hello, I'm Alice Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and body oil convert. Hi, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and just delighted. <laughs> just delighted. What the hell is body oil? As you know, I used to use a lot of cream. I do know that. Yeah. After the shower, I would really lather myself up in a lot of cream. Uh-huh. And now what I do is in the shower, I put body oil on instead. What is it? What do you mean? What is it? <laughs> Like, what is it? Like, what do you mean? Like, it's what like coconut is coconut bo- oil? Coconut oh, oil. Oh, okay. I've used a bunch of different things right now. I think I'm just using 100% coconut oil. But in the past, I've also used body oil that you put on. Can the listener just, uh, you guys can't see this, but Allison <laughs> is fully lifting her hair up and putting it over her face as if she's in an Herbal Essences commercial from the late 90s, like feeling herself, like her hair is over her face. She's moving her bangs into her eyes. Like she's having an experience that none of us are having. I think I might have a low grade fever. (laughs) (laughs) What? Why? I don't know. I just I feel a little off. Okay. well, first of all, let me just say something. So our guest this week. Okay, so hold on. Let me let's back up. Okay, so this uh, this show is just between us. It's a variety show filled with heartfelt advice, ridiculous games and brutal honesty. And now let's. Let's go back into what's going on with the two of us right now. (laughs) So our guest we have this week is Elaine Cheryl, who is a handwriting analysis expert. And this is one of our best episodes (laughs) of all time. We just interviewed her and now we're back to do the intro to this episode. And so we're both running high on this interview. Um, We are goofed up. (laughs) This is such a good episode. (laughs) This interview is incredible. Like we could like bullshit you up top with like talking about other things but like really all we want to talk about is like what just happened and what you are you are about to experience i feel changed i feel different i feel free i feel a little like i have a low-grade fever (laughs) so elaine basically like had us fill out these handwriting analysis sheets and then we sent them back to her and then she analyzed our handwriting and like told us things about ourselves and she also talked about like the ways that handwriting can be used but basically i mean it went it went really well (laughs) yeah it went like telling us things about ourselves then telling us things about what we should do in the future telling us about like what we were to each other in a past life which spoiler alert like i won't get into but like you're gonna love it we were something We were something and (laughs) I'm charmed and I'm delighted. It's hard because like on the one hand, like I want to believe it's so difficult for me because I come from a family that doesn't believe anything. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, you know, we grew up very differently where like my family doesn't believe in anything like Mm -hmm. other than the stock market. (laughs) Sure. And my parents are like this crystal cured my my cancer or whatever. So if I were to be like, mom, this handwriting analysis woman told me all of this stuff about myself, my mom would be like, no, she didn't. <laughs> From the time I was a child, my mom and my grandma were into psychics, talking to psychics. Like we were very into like mediums, like people who could communicate with the dead. Like this is, yeah, we grew up very differently. I think what I'm fighting against is because it was so flattering to myself. Sure. That I'm like, I just want to believe everything she said because it makes me feel good about myself. I mean, there were a couple of things that were, I mean, they're flattering, but there were a couple of things that were like, I think accurate. It's like the astrologer that we had on, you know? I mean, maybe they Googled us. I don't know. But both of them were sort of like Allison likes control. I don't think that I like control as much as I used to. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. I was about to fall on the floor. Yeah. As much as you used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you you noticed the change? Yes. And then also her saying that I get bored super easily. (laughs) Although I guess you could take one look at my hair and know that. You don't feel like you get bored super easily anymore? No, I absolutely do. I'm bored all the time. I still, you know, even like we've talked about with being monogamous during the pandemic, like, You know, I still I have my like little, you know, people that I'm talking to, but I got so bored. 
and frustrated by not being able to like date other people that there have been times that like drive out to the beach and just like stare at the water and get like mad. So like, (laughs) (laughs) Mal was like, Mal was like, God, you know, since we've been here, we haven't really been to the beach. And I was like, you haven't. Wait, you go. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's take a step back. (laughs) So you sometimes just go out and drive to the beach and stare at it because you're mad. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated by being boxed in and not being able to do what I want to do. And so that frustration, like, what can you do? So like, I would just go to the beach and then I would just like stare at the water and be like, look at the vastness of the water. I wish I could do things. I would be like, why not go like running on the beach? Hit the sand with your fists. I'm walking. Yeah. Like I'm walking around on the beach. But oh, okay. I feel trapped. And if I can go to like, if I'm near this water, maybe I'm not so trapped. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's hard. Like if you're like an extroverted person and then there's a pandemic, what are you going to do? You you go to the beach. I've become very close friends with my elderly neighbor. Like things are really heating up over here. <laughs> Did I tell you that she calls me Goldilocks? That's very sweet. It's super sweet. Me and Mal are just like best friends with Dita. And that's like, that's what's happening for us. It was so cute. Wait, so Dita told Mal that she's like a woman in her 70s with a German accent. And she told Mal, like, I only go to the grocery store once a month and I can't get yeast and I'm trying to get yeast, but they don't have any yeast. And so Mal went to the grocery store and got yeast for Dita and put it in Dita's mailbox. And Dita was like so happy. That's beautiful. I was like, Mal, you're such a wonderful person. Oh, can I tell you something also funny? Dita thought Mal was um, a cis man. Dita and Mal were alone. And Dita said, uh, Mal, what is it short for? And Mal was like, well, it used to be short for X, Y, and Z, uh, but now it's short for this. And Dita was like, oh, and like took it in. And then Mal didn't know what to say because Mal wasn't sure what her reaction would be. So Mal just went, you know, these things happen. (laughs) (laughs) And then Dita said, yes, I, uh, I does. I have no problem with it. And then we've just moved on. Oh. But I said, Mal, I have a question. Your response. I was like, I want like the, the LGBT center, like trans day of visibility. These things happen. Oh. <laughs> like, it was so cute. Well, you know, it's succinct and to the point. (laughs) Almost like the rest of this episode. (laughs) Yeah, so please stick around after the break. We're going to be talking to Elaine Cheryl all about handwriting. And then who knows, maybe one week we'll have my neighbor Dita on. (laughs) I don't think anything could be better, though, than what we're about to experience. (laughs) Exactly. Just between us. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting, Tough Questions. This week on the show, we have Elaine Sherrill, who is a handwriting analysis expert um, who actually looked at our handwriting and gave us some analysis. She is a professional speaker and she uses handwriting analysis to assess personality and compatibility for work environments, but also for fun and games. Uh, okay so so you looked at our handwriting and before we even started you said Allison is very creative what made you say that well when you see something that is so marvelous in someone's writing and it occurs all the time it means it's predominant in the personality Allison has what's called a delta all the way through every single d the the stem of the d she starts it at the oval and the stem is left above the baseline. It's called a Delta D. It means literary ability and creativity. And she's got nothing but that. And I'll tell you, Allison, you have your focus is as long as you're dead on focused what you need to do, then you know the rest of the world could disappear and you would never ever know. One of the things that you have got to love about what you're doing and makes it so special for you, this show and your and your friendship with Gabrielle is most of your A's are open at the top, which means you love to share your ideas and your thoughts with other people. Your A's also uh, resemble O's, which means you work really hard and you know what? You make everything you do look easy. I love this. (laughs) I have to compliment you not only on your focus, and I'll tell you, Gabrielle, you can't have a better friend than Allison because (laughs) her rounded eye dots mean loyalty 
She's very loyal to her friends and her family. Uh, She's extremely loyal. And when she's interested, that's the key. Uh, The eyes are very close to the stem, which means she's marvelous on detail orientation as long as she's interested. (laughs) The lines of her writing and yours as well, Gabrielle, shoot right up the page, which is optimism, positive mental attitude, (laughs) which is fantastic. Both of you girls do uh, more so, uh, more so Allison. Allison, you do a, a lot of printing but there's also some letters that are connected, which means you and many other people do what's called a print writing, which is above average intelligence, because all the letters look like they belong together. Yeah. Allison, your new name is going to be It's Hard to Be Humble. <laughs> I'm so blown away by this because people have been making fun of my handwriting my entire life. It's not visually pleasing, let's say. But you know something that you've said something really important, Allison, because I have people from where I go to speak, not so many corporate, but a lot in the seniors. And she'll, they'll say, oh, my writing was so beautiful. Now it's so awful. And I always look at it and say, look, number one, people would kill to write like you. Number <laughs> two, what you might look at, Allison, and say, oh, my gosh, this is messy. It's horrible. Oh, ah. I would look at it and say, oh, my gosh, look at the creativity. Look at her communication ability. Look at the uh, the analytical ability in her writing. Look at her initiative. This is fabulous. Look at her detail orientation. But she's direct. She's to the point. She says it like it is. She has a wonderful sense of communication. Your signature, as well as Gabrielle's, is uh, illegible. It's not bad. It just means that you're very at heart. No matter how open you guys are, there's a private element to your communication to your personality and you only let special people close so that's why it's so extra special that you guys are buddies extra special i mean we were talking about i mean i I watched a bunch of your videos and you know what allison said about people making fun of her handwriting there were two things that came up what you just said one is like how often do you hear people say oh i'm ashamed of my handwriting oh like uh, people make fun of my handwriting Many people, before they'll even let me look at the writing, will say to me, because they're embarrassed, because they they don't know what I'm going to say. They'll say, but what if I'm a serial killer? And I always (laughs) say, you're only a serial killer if you eat Cheerios. (laughs) Why? I'm kidding. That's the play on words, cereal, S-E-R. Got it. You're not, yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say you're only a serial killer if you're doing serial killing, in which case I do need to call the police. (laughs) In which case case you make Cheerios. Yeah. (laughs) But no, people, and especially as you girls know, going through school earlier, I mean, because you're only like 15 each, you're only 15 years old each. um, (laughs) Sometimes kids in school can be very, very cruel. These days, when you go to school, though, they don't teach most of them most of them. i know in in canada they they don't teach cursive writing anymore oh. even the core curriculum just says writing but they mm. don't you don't know what that means usually it just means printing both of your writings are excellent by the way there's nothing to make fun of in either of your writings and the thing is uh, by the way gabrielle what you said was so good the question because once you know what your writing says it gives you the confidence they could say anything about your writing but you know the truth. Mm. And that's the self-empowerment aspect of this. It's very self-empowering to know the talents and the abilities and the strengths in your writing. There are, I didn't see any grapho, it's called graphotherapy, by the way. Uh, You're you're not even escaping therapy in your handwriting. (laughs) If I saw things in your writing that I could give you homework on, like changing one little stroke of your writing to transform your personality, I would have included it in the little profile that I sent you. But you girls are like, you're extremely uh, unique. Well, of course, every writing is unique. It's like a snowflake. Both of you have immense talents, intelligence, marvelous communication. And we'll get to Gabrielle's writing in in a second. But both of you are fabulous. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I watched, yeah, I watched a lot of your videos and they were really, really interesting. And what kind of things, let's say someone like is like, what is she talking about? How do you get started in handwriting and what kind of things can it tell you? Everyone gets started in a different way. For me, 
I started with a firm uh, through Chicago mm. called the IGAS, the International Graphoanalysis Society. There's even politics and handwriting. The graphoanalysis, <laughs> I swear, the graphoanalysis is more of a trait stroke thing. That stroke means that, that stroke means that. And when you combine them, it means something else. Mm-hmm. Whereas the graphology, and I took a series of graphology courses through California, and that's more of a holistic kind of thing where you look at the writing as a Mm. whole and then I took examinations with one of the large handwriting associations in the United States called AHAF and uh, so I have my papers I am housebroken (laughs) (laughs) what is this used for like you talked about work environments and I know I, I saw in some of your videos it changes over time but you can tell like you were like, got like a birthday cake or something. And you were like, oh my God, the why is written. The person who wrote the, the words on this cake was depressed or whatever. It was like- really funny. <laughs> the, uh, my, uh, when I saw the cake, she had, whoever wrote, I'm assuming it's a woman. I, I don't know for sure. But whoever wrote it had a bad case of droopy loops. The why <laughs> of the happy went down like a little frowny face, which meant that when things didn't work out so well for her, she got really upset. Now, had I been able to speak to the birthday cake lady, I would have suggested she zoom all the final strokes up for either optimism, ambition, or metaphorically shooting for the stars, very much like Allison's final stroke in her signature, which zooms up. She, so she <laughs> shoots for the stars. And then that she go to the library, get 40 personal growth books, take two vitamin <laughs> pills and a bottle of wine and call me in the morning. <laughs> have a better outlook. Anybody's writing at any given time is like a paper snapshot or a paper mirror of your personality at any given time. When I started this, uh, the study of writing, every, it was weird how every fear and defense, all of a sudden, I saw that in my writing. Oh my gosh, I've got this defense, that defense. Oh my gosh. But it's because you start to really examine yourself. Mm -hmm. And my point is, is that if we'll go back to the lady with the birthday cake, Had it become usual for her to change the direction of the whys up, she would have known she shifted something in her personality. And that also could be a cue for, let's say that she uh, saw that it was mentioned to her that she had a case of droopy loop. Then she might say, oh my gosh, am am I upset about something? So she could have brought it back to herself and said, oh, you know what I am? I was kind of upset this morning when I had this discussion with my best friend. And so Mm -hmm. she could consciously choose to bring the loop up. It's almost like you've probably heard that if you smile, Mm -hmm. you can't be upset. I was going to mention that. (laughs) Same idea. Same idea. And when you mention these different schools of thought, like the holistic versus just breaking it down by strokes, which one are you more drawn to when it comes to analyzing handwriting? Well, it's an interesting question. At first, I'm glad I started the way I did because the graphoanalysis course at that time uh, in the 80s, that was before either of you were born, I know. Uh, I'm, kidding. We, I'm kidding. We're 80s babies. <laughs> we're late 80s uh, well, babies. <laughs> in, in the 80s, the IGAS in Chicago had many, many members. Funny enough, a lot of priests and nuns. Don't ask me why. But they would have <laughs> their their uh, congress or their, their conference every year in Chicago at the Drake Hotel. Nice. And I went down for a couple of conferences. It was fabulous. The graphology, I found uh, personally, like they deal with the id and the books that you have to read. Um, they're, it's more heavy, heavy duty. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I did it the way I did because the graphoanalysis, it's not that it's a lightweight, but it was easier to get in. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that it didn't completely answer the things I was seeing in different writings. So I wanted to go further and there are far more graphology institutions and courses through the United States than there is in Canada. And I found the one in California, her name was uh, Paula Sassi, and she's written a fabulous book that you can get in California, and a lovely lady named Eldine Whiting, beautiful people. They had a four-part course. How I got into this, someone did my writing that I'd never met, not ever, not ever, didn't know the guy. (laughs) <laughs> from, from a table, didn't know. And he, in 30 seconds, nailed things in my writing that I said, this were, these were like personal things. 
that my mother did. They were fears and defenses that I swore I would never do. So basically, I was turning into my mother. <laughs> Scared wow. the heck out of me. Scared me. And I said that my second, when, I, when he told me that, I said to him, okay, where did you study this? So mm-hmm. he was the one who said the IGAS. So I enrolled the next mm. week. Wow. That's great. And then kept on from there and then started to do events. Mm-hmm. I did as many events in the in the 90s as I possibly could. And when you, you road test this stuff from uh, doing many, many events and talking with people and getting their feedback, what I found is that if they said, oh, no, 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 that, that's not me at all. It's probably because I didn't explain it well enough. So I'd say, well, let me explain it again. This is what I mean. And they say, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Well, you talked about using it a lot in both in hiring and in applying for jobs in the sense that like if you have some signature handwriting that makes it seem like you're not confident or you wouldn't be a good like project manager or something, you can sort of change that versus like also if you're looking to hire, like what does this person's signature say? Like a lot of it is kind of you do like events in like the corporate sphere. You could, you know, and and it's interesting. Again, you ask really good questions. So people say, well, oh, if I go to set a job and they're going to look at my writing, if I get a book about handwriting, I could just change it. I could just change the writing. And then I change my T-bars. Now I'm perfect. But you'd be surprised how challenging it is because it's such an unconscious. It's not really mm-hmm. handwriting. It's coming mm-hmm. from the brain. It's sending messages to the hand, right? So as you change, it's usually the slant that changes in the writing. I'm going to get back to the question, I promise. My point here is that when you are successful in ch- uh, changing two or three strokes or one little stroke that I've given you as graphotherapy, you're sending different messages from the hand to the brain. So when it becomes usual for you to change it, it stands to reason that you've shifted something in mm. your personality. Now, you can say, like, the, go back to the guy that was being hired or the girl that was being hired. Oh, it's easy. I'll just change my T-bars and they'll hire me immediately. Because it's such an unconscious activity, it's a lot tougher to change the writing to something else than you think. When I started this, uh, my studies told me that straight downstrokes mean determination. And mine were, the Ys were bent, which is bent determination. So I would say, oh, I'm going to do that. I'll do that. I'll volunteer to do that. I'll do that. And something would always come in front of it. My willpower was, and my determination was bent. (laughs) <laughs> so I started to straighten my downstrokes. I thought, this is easy. I'm going to straighten my downstrokes. Well, the trouble was, is that my naturally forward slanted writing, by straightening the downstrokes, I found that all the rest of my writing started to pull up from a forward position. I started to feel like I was strangling, that I, my stomach started to feel queasy. I'm not joking. So I thought, give it a rest. I just gave it a rest for a while. And every few weeks, I would try it again. So the way it stands today is that most of my wives had straight downstrokes, the odd one bends. Mm-hmm. Now, when I compounded that and I had, just to show you the evaluation, all I did was curse, because I curse of write. I don't curse when I write, but I do curse of write. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I curse when I write. Anyway, I'm just kidding. But I had soft-topped S's, which means yielding, which means I put everybody first. And I mean, mm-hmm. I had too many of them in there. Like I said, you got, you see... A lot of those in a sample, you know that it's a red flag kind of thing. So not only did, was I putting myself second and I'd say, oh, you know, Gabrielle, no problem. I'll do that. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, I'll speak at your house tonight. I'll, I'll build you a new shed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what happened, what would inevitably happen is my willpower would be bent. So I'd say, oh, geez, I can't make it tonight or I'll mm-hmm. make it tomorrow, that kind of thing. And adding injury to insult, I had very tall T and D stems, which is called vanity, which means I usually bite off more than I can chew and then run to keep up. And with the soft S's and the bent willpower, all one Mm -hmm. of the ladies in the handwriting, very, she'd been in it years before me. She just looked at my writing and she said, I worry about you. Wow. (laughs) And one of the ladies from the States came up to speak to our Ontario chapter. And I asked her about it. I said, what would you say about the combination of those three things being in the writing? She was trying to be very politic, right? She didn't want to, you know, smack me over the head verbally. She said, I would only say that this person is not actualizing their full potential. 
she might as well just have punched me in the stomach. You know, she was trying to be nice, but that's how it works. So seeing that made me aware of it. This is how it helped me. Every time I would be tempted to say, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I put my hand down. I thought, let me think about it first. Mm-hmm. So to and still, Gabrielle, I still haven't fully answered your question. Just for example, say that you guys are applying to do a career um, placement at a headhunters firm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you say, oh, you know, I love talking with people. That makes me really good at sales. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to, I'm going to make a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. However, in your writing, all you've got to say is those soft top S's. Well, really, where your motivation is coming from is you want to help people. Mm. It's not that you want to make a killer sales, or whatever. First and foremost, you want to counsel people. So I had a lady that actually happened. And this lady said, I don't understand. I'm doing everything right at the career placement firm. I'm following the rules and I'm not making the sales. My numbers are horrible. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I'm going to lose my job. Da, 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 da. And when I looked at her writing, I said to her, you like counseling people. You like helping people. It's not strictly the sales arena. And so if you understand that and you explain that to whoever your power, your manager or whatever, then they can accommodate for that. They can work with you on that. Because your forte is counseling and helping people, whereas other people who are making the numbers might be, no, bada boom, bada bing, get her in there, get, get him in mm-hmm. there, get him the job. And if they don't want the job, we'll, com- we'll convince them to keep the job, but high right. numbers. So understanding your handwriting may help you identify your strengths, and then it might help you figure out what the right job is for you. Absolutely. Yes. That's only one uh, advantage. Oh, by the way, handwriting for hiring is far more common in France, Germany, Switzerland, Israel, for a while. And I know that a lady named Andrea McNichol in California was teaching graphology at, I think it was the University of Berkeley, but I'm not sure, in, and they have university courses, or they did have in France and Germany on graphology. It used to be, now I don't know if it's the case now, but in France and Germany and Israel or Switzerland, you would never think of submitting other than a handwritten cover letter so that they could analyze your writing. It's just normal. Wow. And mm-hmm. I had heard that there are people in Europe that go to a graphologist the same way you and I would go for a, a medical checkup once a year. It's oh, a really? their graphologist. And I'd also heard uh, the Israeli, uh, the fighter pilots would once a year have their handwriting analyzed to see how they were holding up, how the pressure of their job was uh, was helping them. Were they holding up against the pressure kind of thing? The facade, that's what I'm trying to think of. What about now when everything is typed? Is there a way to analyze like how someone writes an email? Not necessarily, but there is a way for just roughly as to what font they would choose. For example, there are some uh, logos that have a, a typing font and mm-hmm. depending on what that typing font says about them, you can see, you'd, you'd be able to discern the personality of the owner. How common is it for someone's handwriting to change throughout their lifetime? Like, let's say if they like go to therapy and do a lot of work on themselves and, and they address these issues that they have and, and maybe they stop people pleasing so much or they they get better willpower. Will you see those changes in their in their handwriting? I would say yes, um, that even if they weren't aware of it, something. Mm. But your writing, like I said, will change two or three times a day, depending, now depending on your moods. If uh, just to give you exa- a small example. I, my pen pressure is usually moderate. It's not light. It's not heavy. Mm. It's moderate. I, years ago, I was parked uh, just outside a government building. I had things timed to the second. <laughs> and I w- walked out. And unfortunately, the meter time was different than my time. Mm. So the Green Hornet had already been there. And I found a ticket on the car. I can assure you, my normally moderate pen pressure on the check that I wrote to pay the ticket I am sure it was reminiscent of Jack the Ripper. (laughs) I was so angry. I was so angry when I was writing it. The pen almost slashed through the check. I went, ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mood changed. So my writing changed. For example, Mm. 
I've had so many people say, oh, my writing changes. I got two or three styles of writing, you know, whatever. And that might be very true. I've seen people write either with a forward slant and more cursive writing or a vertical slant and perhaps mixed in more printing. So what I've told them is maybe when you're writing a note to your Aunt Mary and you're really, you know, feeling more emotional, chances are you're writing, you'd use the cursive writing and it would be forward. Whereas if you're doing your bookkeeping or it doesn't, it doesn't involve emotions, maybe your writing would, if it's more vertical, like you girls, uh, more vertical, uh, then it means head before heart. You're mm-hmm. cool. Like you girls are cool, even if you're freaking out. You might be inside. <laughs> if you don't want anyone to see how you're feeling, nobody's going to see it. If you want everyone to see it, everyone will see it. But <laughs> it's totally up to you. I, I couldn't tell because it's been emailed. I ca- couldn't tell. It looks to me that Allison has more of a heavier pen pressure, but I could be wrong. Mine is very loopy. Yours is great. You know what you are? You know what I mean? You're, I've got a new nickname for you, Gabrielle. Okay. Your new nickname is going to be Tiger Chick. What, wow. is what does that mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're really awesome. The largest the reason I say that is the largest area of your writing is not the upper upper or the lower. But you are, but the middle and Allison's got shades of that. That's why like you guys are definitely were married in a past life for sure. Like you're, just, <laughs> you're totally soulmates. I swear to God. So, but you, uh, as a tiger chick, um, what, what that means is number one, you cannot stand boring, stupid people. You can't stand it. And every, you cannot stand it. If someone, if you want to drive anybody listening, if you want to drive Gabrielle crazy, Talk very slowly. And she'll be going, yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, got it. Mm-hmm, yep, 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 got it, got it, got it. Because she she is a very happening person uh, as a tiger chick. Uh, so in effect, what a tiger chick wants, a tiger chick gets. <laughs> so I don't know if you've got a partner or, or a, a husband or whatever, but that person better keep surprising you had better if he, if he or she bores you they are toast they're toast they're gone goodbye oh down river on a raft i swear to god you cannot stand same old same old boring 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 which is part of the reason you girls are doing what you're doing because you're stimulated by new things, new people, new information as long as it's not boring mm-hmm. and you are a very here and now person it has to be okay tell me tell me let's go let's get it let's get it going both you <laughs> girls are very direct you cannot stand people who i take a long time to get to the point are very indirect it's like you're direct with others and you prefer others to be as direct with you also now gabrielle you do so many t-bars that join to the next letter and gorgeous figure eight g's in not only in your signature, but in the word handwriting and in the word weight, it is fluid, quick mindedness. It, it's verbal acuity in terms of verbal communication as well as written communication. You can anticipate what someone's going to say and then deke around it or change or smooth the subject. They won't, they won't even know what you've done because you do it so skillfully. So... <laughs> Your communication, see, you both have fabulous communication. Allison has the the open A's. She loves to share her ideas and thoughts with others. You also have it in a different way, which is the fluidity of mind. You're beautiful. When you say your writing is loopy, you've got beautiful, fully looped L's. That is an act of imagination. So sharp. And the L's, the height of the L's are closer to the lowercase letters, which means... Your wonderful imagination usually has a good practical link to it. It's not just pie in the sky. You can use it uh, as well. You also do a marvelous stick personal pronoun I, which is self-confidence and independence. Uh, Your T stems, a lot of them are shorter than the L's, which is independent thinking, which means you're saying... Try my idea. It's a good one. Why don't we try my idea? I have a good idea. Let's try mine. And then everyone goes, no, Gabby. And at that point, you say, I need a coffee. I'm. You guys are boring. I am leaving now. Thank you. 
I'll see you later when you get when you get a clue. I'll be back. Thank you. Oh God. <laughs> because you also have a few little cradle Y's and G's, which means Allison, remember Gabrielle needs nice Gabrielle. Good. Here's a cookie, Gabrielle. It's good. Needs <laughs> lots of lots of TLC, tender loving care for those of you who don't know. So make sure everybody is nice to you uh, because that's oh what you God. deserve, right? Thank it's you. Deserve. Allison is laughing at me so why are you laughing she's laughing with you and actually funny enough Gabrielle the reason that you asked that is there is a little bit of sensitivity in your writing oh good segue the d's in the uh, the words and have it's not a super wide loop but it's a loop and that is sensitivity which means that it, it almost translates to a need for perfection. So you make sure things are right so that nobody gets a chance to point a finger or make a comment. You make sure things are right. So in, even in that, you and Allison are soulmates because Allison has the, the eye dots close to the stem. So she's detail oriented as long as it's not boring. And you have the, uh, uh, the same thing is that you make sure it's right. Nobody's going to take a shot. So she was laughing with you. <laughs> remember she's your soulmate you definitely were married in a past life for sure and you had <laughs> such a good time you came back as a karmic reward <laughs> but then my question is why have we had so much conflict in our relationship oh that's true because a soulmate actually very you girls ask really good questions the reason is a soulmate is not someone that you meet and it's all roses and la, 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 la. A soulmate is someone that you meet that you recognize as a soul uh, partner, but they, you're soulmates together to challenge each other. That's why. Mm, that has you, been the case. You will always want to challenge each other so that you both rise higher, higher, and higher. That's why. Like you're very different, but you're also alike in very important ways. That's what makes you so simpatico. Wow. Yeah. And I think, in my opinion, you had such a good time in a past life. You thought this was uh, so amazing. Oh, let's do it again. But this time, <laughs> we'll, do this, we'll do it this way. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I think Allison was laughing, too, at like the the sensitivity and also the sort of like, Good, good job, Gabby. You do a good job. <laughs> like, very like, Thanks, puppy. Thanks, puppy. Yeah, I'm, also, I'm also laughing because I think you were kind of describing polyamory in a lot of ways. <laughs> I am in a relationship with someone, but I genuinely, I, I tend to be non-monogamous. I have my one primary partner who I live with, and then I date other people as well. And so Allison cool. was laughing because she felt that you were describing non-monogamy in terms of oh. like boredom and being like on to the next, on to the next. And then, and if that's the case, then your partner is smart because <laughs> if your partner mm -hmm. said, no, I want you just with me, that would be, you'd be going, bye-bye, uh, see ya, bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it, you have to be, you girls are so individual. You've got such marvelous personalities. If you cannot be yourselves uh, unabashedly and unapologetically, then uh, you're you're on to the next. Who should Allison be dating? What kind of person? Someone not boring. Uh, <laughs> someone who, uh, um, you know, very much like your, yourself, someone who respects who she is and uh, does not try to restrict her. You don't like being restricted, and Allison certainly doesn't like to be restricted either. Her creativity is so outstanding in her writing that anyone who would try to put her in a little box or a pigeonhole or start telling her what she should be doing or why isn't she doing this or that or the other and she could be doing this uh, more effectively or whatever, it, it is just she's going to lose interest very, very quickly. Very quickly. And the K, uh, I love her, by the way, her favorite saying is fabulous. Allison says, Alan's favorite saying is holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, mm -hmm. which is so true. Also, you see, Allison has a left margin that, that gently moves to the right, which is enthusiasm and a need to move to the future. So someone who does not grow with Allison is she's she will leave that person behind very quickly also 
Allison, you are very strong like bull hair on chest. Very, very good. Uh, but she shaved for today. It's fine. Um, the M's and N's are jagged. The deep V wedges are analytical. You are very good at solving problems. The corresponding upper wedges in the, in the M's, the letter M's, it means uh, investigative thinking. When you put them together, it's a need for control. So, you know, either you would have to have, depending on your, I guess, maybe your mood uh, or what's going on with you at any given time, you'd have to be with someone who was either stronger than you so that would challenge you and that you would, it, it would be kind of a, like, like a challenge to, because there's no way you're going to be told what to do. You'd have a good laugh if someone did, tried to tell you what to do, or depending on your mood or the time of your life or whatever, you might want to have someone that was more laid back and just mm -hmm. said, okay, yeah, Allison, go for it, do it, uh, you know, let me know. <laughs> right when you get work kind of thing. If someone was too laid back, I think you would get bored very quickly. But both you girls are very, very strong, very strong. <laughs> and I just don't see you with someone who's a milk toast. That's an old expression for someone who goes, okay, I'm all right. You're all right. Okay. I just, <laughs> I don't see it. I just don't see it. I think that you'd be going, ew. Um. <laughs> I guess in my last relationship, I felt like I was always doing what he wanted. So I'd like someone who'd do what I want for once. <laughs> but then, no, but then when you've dated someone who always did what you wanted, you didn't respect them and you were bored. Yeah. Thank you. I so. really, you've, you've nailed it. You've totally nailed it. <laughs> so and, you know, it's, it's amazing and, and it falls and it's a very tough challenge. This isn't having to do with handwriting, although you probably could see it in the writing, but um, too many of us women get into a we we have our strengths confidence all those wonderful strengths and we get into a relationship and all of a sudden we find ourselves living a shadow life mm. where we're just like a puppy walking around doing what the other person's wanting to do and thinking wait a minute i had plans tonight what happened what, what are the things mm. i wanted to do I wanted to see this. I wanted to go there. I, I just wanted to look at the wall this evening. And I'm, I, so, <laughs> I love to look at the you, wall. You feel like you, yeah. I, and, but, but it's important if you want to meditate and look at the wall, why mm -hmm. not? But if you wind up doing, you know, the, oh my gosh, uh, I've lost myself. I, mm -hmm. I, I can't, I don't recognize myself anymore. So at that point, you might strengthen uh, things in your writing if you wanted to, or drink good, some, do some good personal growth reading or, uh, video watching or whatever you like to do mm -hmm. so that you can recognize these patterns sooner. And what's beautiful about you too, is that you have a very close chat. You challenge each other, your close friends, so that if you see your friends slipping into doing what the other partner wants to do, you can alert that person and say, look, give a smack on the side of the head. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? You know, just do what you want to do for a change. Well, do you know what I want to do? I want to play a game show. Are you ready to play a game show? Well, I'll, I'll do my best, girls. <laughs> Stick around after the break. We'll be playing America's favorite game show, Hypotheticals. For America's favorite game show, Hypotheticals. Hypotheticals is a game show where you and Gabby are my contestants. I'm going to give you a series of hypothetical situations. You will ask any clarifying questions you have, and then you would tell me what you would do in that situation. There are no real rules, and I just arbitrarily decide who wins. Does that sound fun? <laughs> well, that, that means you're in control. That, that's what you like. So you're in yeah. your element. You're in yeah. your element. Exactly. It's my favorite part of the week. Our first game show is, is this person an alien or just rude? Your boss invites you to an important client dinner of about 15 people. Things are going well and you're making everyone laugh when you receive a text message from your boss that reads, please go home immediately or I will fire you. Is this person an alien or just rude? You think they're jealous? They're jealous of how much I'm making everyone laugh and they feel they feel jealous and they want me to leave so they can be the funniest person there? Maybe, but that's not the question. The question is, are they an alien from outer space <laughs> or are they just rude? Okay, Elaine, what do you think? I would say they're just rude. I go just rude. I also think rude. There is a, uh, a very amazing guy in California, Daryl Anka, 
who channels Bashar, who is a Palladian alien. And he is a lot more politic than most humans. So I don't think anyone in Bashar's circle would ever do that. So there's a friend of mine in Toronto who all of a sudden are channeling aliens. And they are the most gentle, wonderful aliens that you would ever, ever want to meet. So there's no alien who would do that. Yeah. Is that making assumptions about aliens that they're all the same? No, I I disagree. If you're an alien and you came to Earth and your biggest thing is I want to be the funniest. Like, no, you're just a rude human. Actually, you're a very caring alien because you are able to predict the future and you know that these clients are very dangerous and they're about to kill everyone there. And why just save one person? Well, because it's part of a bigger plot that you just aren't involved in. Even if that was the case, and if the aliens I know would have worded it in a more equally concise manner, but more politic, they wouldn't have said it like that. Yeah. Well, they didn't want you to get, you know, they wanted you to just leave. There wasn't a lot of time. They could only tell the future two minutes ahead of time, like that Nick Cage movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> OK, well, I I whatever. <laughs> OK, our next game. Is this a date? OK, you are waiting on a super long line at Starbucks and it is taking forever. The cute person in front of you mentions that there is another coffee shop right down the street. Should the two of you just go there instead? Is this a romantic date that will end in marriage? (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Elaine, thoughts? I'm not very conversant on dating. Uh, However, uh, dating is is like a a landmine of a morass of of, uh, quicksand Mm -hmm. most most of the time. Not, I would say not necessarily, no. But why did they just ask you and not anyone else in the line? It's a good question. He was in front of you or she was in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were just handy. Oh, <laughs> they weren't actually interested in me. Well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. They probably looked at you and said, she's a tiger chick. <laughs> <laughs> what coffee shop are they talking? Is it like another Starbucks or is it like an independent? A local, a local, a local. independent coffee so they're, shop. So they're kind of a good person, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, Maybe. I think mm, either it's a a date or they're murdering me, Elaine. Well, I I would say the first thing you should do after this, after hearing uh, all the stuff about handwriting, before you go, I would say, could you please write a paragraph as to why you want to have coffee with me, <laughs> and then analyze it? Yeah, quickly. If their M's and N's are jagged you will know that coffee person is into control and you can maybe say, oh my gosh, I just had a controlling relationship. Do I want another one? (laughs) True, true. And say, look, Egbert or Egberta, you are controlling. Go away. (laughs) Do you want to know what it was? What was it? Go for it. Guerrilla marketing. They work for that coffee (laughs) shop down the street. (laughs) Very funny. Remember how you said Allison's creative? So this Very is just, creative. she just sits and writes these. <laughs> She's got such a marvelous imagination. Right? And it's such a talent. It's such a talent because m- many people have all kinds of wonderful ideas, but they think, oh, I can't use that. No, no, no. <laughs> and and they don't, you know, they, they stifle their own creativity. Allison, blah, it's out there. I'm running out of ideas, though. It's a, week, <laughs> it's a weekly show and it's tough. Um. I, don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Well, I'll send you, I'll send you a few things that'll give you some new ideas. That'd be great. <laughs> okay, our final game of the week and America's favorite game show. Would you stay with this cheater? You have been married to your partner for 10 years. One day you go through their desk in search of a pen and you find 100 unsent love letters <gasps> to their co-worker Donna in HR. Would you stay with this wannabe cheater? Donna is really cool, FYI. Why? Because they didn't want to cheat, but they love Donna. How long have we been together? <laughs> 10 years. And when did the letter, when they start writing the letters? A year and a half ago. I would, I would actually call Donna and have dinner with her and find out why she's so amazing. So I could simulate her. And that's polyamory, baby. I'd find, I'd get Donna's writing and figure it out. 
Donna, Donna, can we talk? Donna, hello. What are you doing tomorrow? Can I get coffee? At that, uh, I've got a special coffee shop. It's down this road from Starbucks. That's it. That's all we need to know. I can't add Honestly, anything to that. That's that's the correct answer. <laughs> you Yo, win. Donna. Oh my God, Elaine won. Elaine won, and there's very, very rarely a winner of this game show, and you won. Wow. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, we like to have our guests rate their experience being on the show. You can provide any feedback you have. And also, if you could give some sort of rating, you could create your own rating system. Well, remember, remember, everybody who's listening, uh, remember to, to uh, mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> and remember, different strokes for different folks. And remember <laughs> to keep your T-bars, your standalone T-bars high, because that means high goals. And your lower zones, meaning lower loops, keep your lower zone full because that's full. That's fun. Ah, we love that. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you for inviting me. You girls are awesome. Oh, it was oh, so fun. You. Really appreciate it. This was so it. fun. And where can people find out more about what you do and get consultations with you and find all your work? At the uh, website's easiest, uh, www.elainehandwriting.com. That's easy to remember. Elaine, E-L-A-N-E, handwriting.com. Amazing. Thank, Thank you. you so much. For a good time call. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Elaine for being our guest. Just Between Us is a Forever Dog production. Hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam or youtube.com slash justbetweenusshow. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. You can also follow at JBU Podcast on Instagram and Allison at at Emotional Support Lady and at Allison Raskin and me at at Gabby Road and at BWM Pod, my new Instagram for the Bad With Money podcast. Bye! Forever! Yeah.